Hello and welcome to Counsel from Above, your place to ask a counselor questions you wish he would answer from God's Word. I am your host, Nathan Honeycutt, licensed professional counselor, minister of the Church of Christ, excited about our topic today, conflict resolution. Hey, thanks for joining the program. Love to have you. Hey, jump on the Facebook group, Counsel from Above podcast. Give us what you think. Let me have some questions. Love to have them. Send them to me at counselfromabove at gmail.com. That is counselfromabove at gmail.com. Looking forward to hearing those questions and getting to know what you want me to answer so that we study God's word and learn closer from him and be able to gain that true counseling that he provides us through his word. Hey, let's jump in today. What do you say? We're going to talk about three questions related to conflict resolution. The first question comes from our Facebook group. Charlie writes, please speak to the reality of receiving no resolution or getting any closure. I know many who are stuck due to no closure involving children, lovers, friends, and employers. Thanks. Well, I appreciate the question, Charlie, because uh, the reality is, is that for many of us, we have with uh, our world and we have things that are going on in which we have a conflict with somebody else and it doesn't come out the way that we want it to either because of many different reasons and many different things that might go on in life. And so it, it doesn't come to a quote unquote closure. And oftentimes with the word closure, it's all about uh, feeling as though it's satisfactorily ended. And for many conflicts, that just isn't possible. Uh, there's many things, and we can talk about them forever, that get in the way of being able to truly feel as though the entirety of the conflict has been resolved or settled. And so typically, when it comes to conflict, somebody is walking away with the conflict still within them. Now, not always, and I'll talk about that more in a few moments, but the reality is, is for many, many people, um, conflict is kind of that ongoing thing, and thus we get stuck. It didn't have the outcome we wanted. It didn't give me the things that I wanted. I didn't get to say the things I wanted to say. I didn't get to do the things that I wanted to do. And so what happens is, is that we get so centered and focused upon the negatives or things that didn't go well that we struggle to be able to move forward and see the things that are in front. So the reality is, and the answer to the question, is that when it comes to conflict with whoever it might be, sometimes it's about accepting this is where it is and this is what it is. Now that's not the answer we want and it's not the answer we like and that's why it continues to be a sticking point is because we wanted something else or we want something else or we're in a mindset that in order for it to be fair, this had to or had to happen. And so thus we get into a mindset, a position, and thus we are now in a point where we're in this stalled position because we want this resolution to take place. We want whatever to be to come out in a certain way. And for that reason, it, it's just a stopping point. And so how do you move through that? How do you get beyond that? And that is, Sometimes you just have to accept it is what it is. Uh, the, the conflict is what it is. You may do all that you can, but ultimately uh, it takes two to be able to resolve that. Think about for a moment uh, David and Saul. King Saul was bent in many different times on killing David. 
And David, on many occasions, was like, wait a second, I'm not a part of this. I don't want anything to do with this. But yet there was a conflict. And David, over and over and over and over again, especially throughout the Psalms, talks about how he was dealing with all of this going on and the conflict that was happening, knowing that he couldn't stop it or he couldn't make it get solved because Saul wouldn't let it die. And it's interesting that as you read David's positioning in it, he ultimately says to God, I've done what I can to fix it, and now I've got to let you deal with it and hope that one day Saul's going to come to his senses and these things are ultimately settled or these things are ultimately kind of stopped because Saul's ultimately willing to accept that there's really no conflict and we need to stop him. You know, in Psalm 3, you have David writing a psalm related to, and if the text is correct or the heading is correct, during the time in which David is dealing with his conflict with Aslam. He seemed to have a lot of conflicts, didn't he? But you'll notice in this particular psalm, it's about David's understanding that he can't always resolve it with this other person, with Absalom in this case, but he can resolve it with God and his response to him. Think about this. Psalm 3. O Lord, how many are my foes? Many are rising against me. Many are saying of my soul, there is no salvation for him in God's Salah. But you, O Lord, are a shield about me, my glory and the lifter of my head. I cried aloud to the Lord, and he answered me from his holy hill, Salah. I lay down and slept. I woke again, for the Lord sustained me. I will not be afraid of many thousands of people who have set themselves against me all around. Arise, O Lord, save me, O my God. For you strike all my enemies on the cheek. You break the teeth of the wicked. Salvation belongs to the Lord. Your blessing be on your people. Salah. You know, whenever David is thinking about this conflict with his son, if the, again, statement is correct that it is related to that time, his conversation was to God. God Help me to be able to sort this out, knowing that they are having the issue. You know, his relationship with Absalom, Saul, on and on the list goes, wasn't ever truly resolved, but he had to continue to move forward. He had to continue to do the right thing and make the next right decision. And so really, when it comes to resolving conflict with someone that is kind of a sticking point, It's about coming to the point, looking in the mirror and say, I've done all I can, now it's time to move on. And that's ultimately what has to happen when it comes to those sticking points. Thanks, Charlie. Appreciate it. Our next question is from Anonymous. Uh, They sent me a message. They said, uh, how does someone who has been mishandled in their life, could be recently or several years ago, and a conversation with the person who is responsible with the situation will never happen? How can you help this person overcome this trauma and to be able to cope? Well, this is a really good question. And as a counselor, this is a question that we get a lot and that we ultimately manage a lot in our therapy sessions. Uh, For, as mentioned with Charlie's question, for various and sundry different reasons, oftentimes that when a conflict occurs, 
that there's no way to be able to resolve it or be able to have a closure conversation. Now, this can happen for many different reasons. If someone has been traumatized and that person's in prison or that person passes away or that person many, many years ago is separating. I mean, there's so many different reasons why having that resolution conversation is not possible. And so for that reason, there are oftentimes this difficulty that says, well, how do I overcome it if I can't have that conversation? Now, let me interject a thought here. The thought I have for you is the thought that maybe it's not God that says all conflict has to involve a closure conversation. We believe that is the case, and I think even for many people that I have worked with have in their mind a set rule that says this will never be resolved unless I can talk to this person. Now, I don't know about you, but that sounds like something more Satan would say than God. Satan would say, well, you can't move on from this. You, you can't go on. You can't continue. You can't do anything else. You need to be stuck right here in this moment, in this place, until this, which can never happen, is done. Does that sound like God? Does that sound like something God would say? Because the truth becomes that Satan knows that if you and I harbor these feelings and thoughts and we hold on to them and we never work to resolve them, then it will get in the way of our relationships moving forward and will ultimately be a huge stumbling block and hurdle in our lives to be what God wants us to be. Therefore, it would seem that Satan is the one that says you have to see the person you have to have, not God. Now, from a therapist's perspective, we use a number of different tools, a number of different things that we use to be able to help someone process the emotions, process the things that happen, and able to move forward. Uh, One of those is called EMDR, Eye Movement Desensitization and Reprogramming. This uh, EMDR is a way in order you you make the brain use both sides of its hemispheres to work together to kind of come to a conclusion. So EMDR is used a lot in resolving those very things. And it doesn't involve or include having to go to the person that, that kind of was the perpetrator of the conflict or the trauma. Another one that we use is called a empty chair technique. This is a technique I've used a number of times with kids and with adults that really have some things that they need to say. There's some things they need to present. There's some words they need to kind of get off their chest. And so, therefore, they get an opportunity to say what they need to say in a safe environment that doesn't cause any more conflict or issue. The way we do this is it's just like it sounds. We do a therapy session in which we have the therapist, we have the person that we're working with, and then we have an empty chair. And we set the chairs to where the person that is my client is facing that empty chair. 
And then as a therapist, usually I'm in then the side of one of the sides and I'm kind of helping dictate or helping kind of uh, move the conversation along. And so what we do is we encourage and we ask for the client to picture that person in that chair and then to talk to them and say what they need to say. Now, I've done this with parents that have passed away. I've done it with uh, abusers. I've done it with um, kids like stepdad, stepmom, different people. And they picture that they're there and then they just let it fly. And sometimes at the beginning, it takes a minute to kind of get it started because it is a little awkward talking to an empty chair. But what happens is, is the more that you kind of focus upon it and the, and the client kind of lets it go, they will just let it fly and they'll just say what needs to say, put it out there and do it in a safe environment with a person that doesn't judge them, with a person who's not looking down upon them and yet encouraging them to say the things that need to come out. And as that happens, they begin to allow their mind and their bodies to be able to accept that, yeah, I can say this and I've said it and it's over. And it creates a very clear kind of line in the sand and allows that closure to take place, even though that person may not ever be in the room. And this is exactly, I think, even what God would present to us and what God would ask us to do is is not hold right here, don't move, but instead get out, talk, you know, and and you think about the things that he says, uh, Philippians 4, uh, verses uh, 6 and 7, you know, come to me, present to me the things that are on your mind. Talk to me about the things that are going on within your world. And so it's kind of that empty chair technique that we have. Uh, We don't hear this booming voice from God that talks to us. But we know that he's there. We know that he's in the chair. In our mind, he's sitting there. This is where God is. And so we can say the things that we need to say and present the things that we need to present. And so a person who is struggling with the inability to have that face-to-face closure can utilize many other ways to accept what is, be able to move forward, and to be able to make the next right decision. Because ultimately, that's what it's about, and moving on and not allowing this to interfere with the next relationship, which is exactly what Satan would want it to do, and exactly the opposite of what God wants. He wants us to be able to move forward and to build the next good relationship the way he would want it to be built. All right, so third and final question. The question anonymous, uh, again, very popular person on the program, says many times conflict happens and you try to work on the relationship, but it doesn't always work out. How do you know when it's time to walk away? Well, this is another one of those situations where it is a challenge to know when are you wasting your time. Uh, I think think about a lot of different things with this particular question. Uh, One of the things that I think about with this particular question is something that Jesus had said in the Sermon on the Mount. In Matthew chapter 7, verse number 6, he says, Do not give dogs what is holy, and do not throw your pearls before pigs, lest they trample them underfoot and turn to attack you. 
You know, has there ever been a, a time in which you just feel like you are giving everything, you're giving all this effort, but it's not being reciprocated, it's not being brought back to you? And so thus you were like, man, what do I do now? Well, the question always comes is, is how do you know when that time comes? And here's what I have learned, or here's the thought that I might give you. When the conflict is no longer about resolution, then it's no longer a useful conversation. Think about this. What is conflict? Two people having a disagreement in which one has to win and the other has to lose. That's a conflict. I win, you lose. You win, I lose. That's a conflict. And you do all the things that you need to or say all the things that you need to say so that in the end, you then win and they lose. Because that's ultimately what conflict is about. That's how conflict continues because it's, again, about I win and you lose. Now, what is conflict resolution about? Conflict resolution is about I win and you win. I win in which I get some of the things that I want. You win in which you get some of the things that you want. And in the end, when you walk away, both are happy. That's conflict resolution. How do you know when it's time to walk away? When the discussion is no longer about a win-win, but a win-lose. When you are trying to solve a problem, it's about saying, how do we both say we're okay in the end? So let's work on a win-win solution. You win, I win. And that's what conflict resolution is all about. About in the end, you have this gathered and acceptable, both walking away okay. When you and I are finding ourselves in I win, you lose, and we find we be working with someone who their only thought is, I win, you lose. When that happens, that's when you have to ultimately say, we've got to either put a peg in it and we need to wait, or we need to wait and resolve this differently. Anytime you get into a conflict and you're all about resolution and you're feeling this is a win-lose situation, they're trying to get a lose, call it out. Hey, I, I feel that we're having this concern and I feel like we're getting at a point to where we're trying to win or lose, not about both of us coming away acceptable. I, I want us to resolve this so that we are both okay with it. So if now's not the right time to create a solution and a win-win, then maybe we need to come back to this at another time. Because that's what I want. I want to resolve this to where you're okay and I'm okay and we can walk away being okay. But if you're wanting me to lose and you to win, then we need to step back just a bit and wait until you and I can resolve that in a win-win. Now, that may mean some time. That may mean some separation. That may mean just simply a statement. And thus, they're going, you know what? You're right. I think that's the better direction. And so things begin to change and alter. But anytime you are seeing this conflict become more and more about me winning and you losing, that's when you've really got to slow down and focus on what am I doing here and what is it that I'm trying to accomplish because this is becoming more and more of a challenge in being able to come to a happy medium. 
So focus on how do we build a win-win and how do we be able to do that? If you find I can't build a win-win, this person's not interested in a win-win, then it's time to walk away. And I think that's where you find Jesus talking about not casting your pearls before swine. You're wasting your time if you're trying to resolve a conflict, gain a win-win with someone who does not want to, uh, that to happen with someone who only wants you to lose. And because of that, that's where the challenge and difficulty arises. And so ultimately he says, look, step back, let it go, because you're not dealing with someone who wants to fix it. You're dealing with someone who just wants their way. And that's not a way to build conflict resolution. Hey, thanks for your time. I appreciate you listening. I appreciate all the great advice and all the great things that I've been getting. I've been getting a number of comments. Many of you have talked a lot about the video podcast that I put on the Facebook group. And so I encourage you to take a look at that. I'm going to be doing that more often and probably put some more of those out. So, hey, check out the Facebook group, uh, Council from Above podcast uh, on Facebook. Hey, also send me the questions. Love to have them. I need more of them. Get them to me. The number, the email is counselfromabove at gmail.com. Hey, thank you so much for your time. Appreciate you continuing to be a part of the program. And as always, let us always each and every day focus so that we can be where God wants us to be by listening to his counsel from above.